And thank you for joining us again with Did Y'all Know? I'm Sam. And I'm Dan. And start us off, i got a few misconceptions for you, which is a bit of foreshadowing for an episode coming up, Dan. Myth number one, water does not conduct electricity. It does in the sense that if it's an impure water, distilled water with no impurities, like no minerals or anything on that, is completely not an insulator whatsoever. Really? Only impure water uh, in or is uh, conducts electricity. Number two, blood is not blue in your body, and the only reason your veins are blue is that the way the light is absorbed into your skin and bounces off those vessels is the only reason it makes it look blue. Hmm. Your blood is always red. Okay. So there you go. Oh, those are the only two. That's the only two. Oh, it's a little, little, uh, little taste of what's to come. Yeah, they're so like opposite of each other, but you know, um, there's a lot. I got a lot. So you know, stay tuned because you're gonna like that episode. I don't know when I'm gonna do it. Maybe a couple years from now. We'll see. <laughs> and for that, let's go to the intro music. some very interesting misconceptions i think that would be an awesome episode that we certainly need to do uh in a couple of years there's a lot there's a lot of interesting ones ones that are gonna make you scratch your head and wonder why was i always thinking this thing you know why was i always thinking this way i'm i'm an idiot you'll think that yeah and i'll scratch the hair on my head and you'll just rub your bald head uh yeah, well okay it's not completely bald but anyway listeners thank you for joining us this did y'all know uh you may have noticed that chris did not have his introduction this time chris unfortunately is sick and he is out right now Hopefully literally he dying dying he's literally dying, dying. No, he's not dying but he's, not dying. he's uh he's feeling better but he was just unable to make it today hopefully he starts feeling better soon i still hate you the show must go on the show must go on uh, Dan, what are we talking about today? Today, Sam, come on down because you've been chosen for Game Show Facts. Game Show Facts? No way. Yeah. Good thing I have an assortment of Game Show Facts already saved on my phone. I didn't even know we were doing this. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what we are uh, doing today. And uh, prior to us actually starting to record this, I actually pulled up some Game Show Facts myself. But Sam, I'm going to kick it over to you. You're going to start us off and then I'll... Uh, I'll throw in some tidbits here and there okay sounds good well let me start off by saying that i love game shows they're so and great i always did always loved them even as a kid we had whatever cable provider we had we had gsn the game show network uh, and i used to watch game shows all the time all the time i'm talking i'm talking catch 21 i'm talking family feud and i'm talking i'm talking catchphrase i'm talking everything you know pyramid whatever you want all of it most of those we're not even talking about today but today we're gonna talk about the most popular game shows and some fun facts i got about them so First, I want to talk about The Price is Right. Okay. Dad, you know a lot of things about The Price is Right, right? Uh, Bob Barker, and then uh, uh, was the host, and eventually it came uh, to Drew Carey. Drew as Carey. The host. Drew Carey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I remember Drew Carey very fondly from The Drew Carey Show and Whose Line Is Anyway? That's which right. Which is one of my favorite TV shows I've ever aired. I got a fun fact about uh, Price is Right. One of my college professors was actually on The Price is Right, and he won a Mustang at one point. He won a Mustang? Yeah. And really? It, yeah. He showed up at his door, and it had like six miles on it. Wow. That is a 
perfect segue into what I'm about to say. But uh, the original Price is Right with Bob Barker, that again, Price is Right has been around for a very, very long time. We're going to have to get on to find out what the longest running game show is, but I think it's either Price is Right or Jeopardy. But the original Price is Right gave a contestant a real elephant as a gag gift one time and <laughs> planned later to tell the winner, hey, how about this? Instead of an elephant, we can't really give you an elephant. Let's just give you $4,000 instead. Only well, $4,000? Yeah. Well, the winner was uh, not happy with that. And they said, no, I want an elephant. You're going to give me an elephant. And uh, he demanded that the elephant be delivered to him as promised. So the show finally uh, conceded with him and delivered the contestant's elephant to his home in Texas. Oh, he's a Texas guy. Texas. It had to be a Texas had guy. Had to be a Texas um, guy. That kind of made me wonder. I didn't do a lot of, I didn't look into a lot of this fun fact, but it makes me wonder how he's really able, capable, capable of having an elephant on his property. I mean, he, he must not live in like a, a suburban home. He has probably some land where the elephant can roam around and do elephant things. I don't know. What do you think? Be, uh, you know, I mean, if I was, uh, if I was living on some land, I think I would definitely want an elephant too. Yeah. You would yeah. take $4,000. No, I think an elephant's worth I think more an, than $4,000. Yeah. I think an elephant's worth much more than, than, yeah. Than, and then think about the eggs that it, that it, you know, like it's those, got some good eggs. You sell those eggs, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you can uh, you can ride it to the nearest grocery store. Elephants don't lay eggs, but yeah, you could ride to <laughs> grocery store, ride down to your like local your H-E-B. <laughs> local Carl's Jr. or something like that. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, next one fact: one plinko. You know, what plinko is Dan. Yeah, it's the one where you like what you drop a little um a uh, uh, token or a coin yeah, thing like into a, yeah. like a you know a slot and Kinda it just like goes a poker down. chip, yeah, yeah. oversized poker chip. Well, one Plinko contestant on The Price is Right dropped three tokens, and every single time it landed on the ten thousand dollar slot. Ooh. And he's losing his mind Lucky at this point duck. in time. That's great, right? The odds of that must be incredibly low. Um, after that happened three times, the producers stopped taping, and they found out that there was a wire placed, a wire or wires placed strategically to where the token would always land on the $10,000 spot. The only reason that those wires were there is because earlier they were taping a commercial where the token would land in the $10,000 spot and they forgot oh. to remove it. So that guy thinking he won $30,000, which I think they probably still gave to they him. They should have paid it out. Because they screwed up. Yeah. Um, was not because of luck, but because it was manipulated oh. in a way. Um, another thing that Price is Right did, unfortunately, now Price is Right always has like, always has like, not weird, but you know, you might go to the Price is Right and be like, I'm going to win a car. I'm going to win a trip to Maui. I'm mm-hmm. going to do this, whatever. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, the showcase or, or whatever prizes you're going to win from the initial game might be like, I don't know, a vacuum cleaner. Right. Which has happened. And I've seen where a guy is going to win a vacuum cleaner and he has to just stifle his excitement. To win a vacuum cleaner. Right. I mean, this guy's like 22 years old. I mean, he probably does need it, but a vacuum cleaner? I'm going to call the prize right and you're going to give me a Dyson vacuum cleaner. Okay, yeah, whatever. Dude, that, uh, you would say kind of sucks. Yeah, you'd think they would plan. Well, they can't really plan these prizes mm-hmm. for whatever contestant um, is like there. I mean, because like, it's like randomly it. chosen, yeah, it's totally the, random. the contestants. But uh, the prize is right, kind of screwed up one time when they uh, made the initial prize for contestant a treadmill. Problem being that the contestant was in a wheelchair. Oh, no. So, not a useful prize for them. Um, I think he won it, too. So, I mean, I <laughs> guess he just has a good resale value, I guess. Um, so, yeah. So, moving on, I've got five game shows. I know you've got about five, too. So, I'm going to move on to the next popular game show. You ready? Mm-hmm. Who wants to be a millionaire? I want to be a millionaire. You want to be a millionaire? Mm-hmm. I would love to be a millionaire. 
uh, who rest wants in, to be wait, a millionaire? Rest in peace, Regis. He rest in died. peace, mm-hmm. Regis Philbin. Currently, it's now. Um, I can see his face. Uh, Chris Hansen. That's right. Wait, no. Yeah, Harrison. Chris. Yeah, yeah Chris. not Chris Hansen. That's the catcher. Chris Harrison. Catcher. Catcher predator guy. Chris Harrison. Yeah. 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 No, he, he don't walk in and watch Millie Warren. He's like, yeah. take take a seat. Take a seat. <laughs> take a seat for me. That would be the ultimate we, like, uh, ploy. We have the chat logs. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so on the Thai version, Thai, that's Thailand. Um, okay. Dan. Got it. I know you're not geographically, ge- ge- geographically literate. I'm very uncultured. What's the capital of Brazil? Um, it's Brasilia. All right. So anyway. <laughs> On the Thai version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, a contestant screen, um, I was going to say his name. I, I will butcher it, so I was just going to pass on that. Uh, the contestant screen accidentally had the... Uh, answers? The answers on it. Nice. It was the same screen that, that the host, whoever the host was, you know, the, the, where, the, where Regis Philbin was sitting, he had the same feed as what the host was having. So he got every single answer correct because it was labeled there for him. That happened to me in sixth grade. It was like a spelling test, but the um, the teacher accidentally gave me the sheet that all had all the answers on it of how to like spell everything. Did you did you win or did you? I got a hundred. Well, yeah. there you go. And then did he was like, out? "Okay, guys, uh, I messed up. Someone got this uh, the answer sheet." And you're uh, like, well, "It wasn't confess. me." No, I did not confess. No, don't confess later to jesus but um that's, that's mm. the only time well i don't know anything about that so um the uh because we don't have confession uh the um so he was getting the 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 information to get every correct answer the contestant won the million dollars obviously um however it was later revoked and she was unable to play again just that's out of pure crazy. out of her pure dishonesty um but oh, as yeah. a kind of severance package they gave her 800 bucks $800? Well, they gave her two hundred. Sorry, twenty five thousand bot their uh, local currency, which is about eight hundred dollars USD. Wow! So Bummer. good for her. Um, I couldn't with the name. I couldn't have told you it was a woman or not. L- let me try it. Right, Lurtlack Panchanawanaporn. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. I think I did a really good job. Um, okay, moving on. Um, a uh, a contestant named John Carpenter. Um was at the million dollar question Ooh. and the, you may have heard the story and a lot of these things people may have seen this because they're really popular youtube videos something like that john carpenter had the million dollar question and the question was which u.s president appeared on the show laughing and they gave a bunch of listings of of um you know they had like ron reagan and richard nixon and whatever mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so he had all his lifelines and he decided to use his phone a friend and the host, which wasn't Regis Philbin, I think this was the UK version. So, who wants to be a millionaire? The pounds version. Back then, I think they had pounds. Uh, well, no, they still have pounds, right? They're not part. Of, yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah, they still got don't pounds. use euros. Euro. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he wanted to call, phone a friend, and uh, he called his dad, and he called his dad. And he said, "Hey, dad, I'm on the million dollar question. I don't really need your help, but I wanted to let you know I'm going to uh, win the million dollars." Yeah, I have. So this is, I've, I have seen that. This is the first, and I believe the only instance of someone using their phone or friend just to let someone know that I'm about to win the game, dude. That's which that's was pretty cool. Balls of steel from this yeah. guy. That is so awesome. Um, and he said that the answer to the question was Richard Nixon. He won. It was crazy, and now it's an incredibly popular YouTube video. You can look it up online. Um, moving on to something that's a little less, uh, you know, lighthearted. Uh, Charles Ingram uh, won a million dollars on the show, right? 
Okay. But the problem was is that for some reason, the producers of the show decided to look into this guy and um, the reasons why he won. I don't know why. I don't know what kind of investigative work to do that makes them want to look into it. But um, after doing some thorough research, they rescinded his million dollars. He never got his million dollars. They said, you cheated. And he said, how did you cheat? What are you talking about? Well, Charles Ingram, every time he was sitting on the hot seat, he... The, the presenter would say the question, and he would, at some point in time, repeat the answer choices. Well, his wife, sitting in the audience, anytime the correct answer was said out of Charles Ingram's mouth, she would cough, alerting him that that is the correct answer. Hmm. So he was cheating. Um, yeah, so they discovered that his wife would cough every time he would repeat the correct answer. Um, I think there's a documentary on this. Um, I'm pretty sure I haven't seen it, but uh, he did not win the million dollars. He's a cheater, and I guess I don't even know if that was like the time with smartphones or something. But either way, she had all the correct answers. I she must have looked him up every time he repeated the answer. She would cough <coughs> in the audience, ah. and he won a million dollars by cheating. Cool. So there you go, Charles Ingram. He also was in the military. So whatever. Ah. Uh, moving on to one of my personal favorite games. What is your favorite game show, Dan? What's my favorite game show? Yeah. Oh, sorry, audience. Um, my favorite game show, honestly, we'll we'll probably talk about it. It's not on anymore, but uh, Fear Factor. Oh, Fear Factor is something I watched all the time. Oh yeah, up. I watched a lot of Fear Factor in my family, and we're yep. gonna talk about, it, huh? And we're gonna talk about it a little bit. I did not know that. Got a couple. No, of I facts. knew that. Anyway, so moving on. Uh, Jeopardy. Yep. One of my personal favorite shows comes on at six p.m. and I always turn it on at the station, and we play along. Love Jeopardy. Um, little sad story. Uh, Cindy Stowell um, had a lifelong dream to be a, to appear and to be a contestant on Jeopardy. Um, in 2016, she made the show, and um, she made the show. But the thing about Cindy Stowell is that she had stage four cancer, um, and she had stage four cancer during the filming of the episodes that she was on and she actually became, she won six times. Wow. Um, she won six times after she lost, uh, very shortly after her appearance, she died, um, due to stage four cancer and she donated all her winnings, I guess through, uh, her will that our $103,000 that she won, uh, would be given to cancer organizations. That's very thoughtful of her. So really sad. I actually, it's really funny that I had this on here because I remember this particular um, contestant contestant. I remember watching this contestant and um, somehow I think we looked it up and she, you know, we were like, Oh yeah. Wow. Like she has stage four cancer. And then I remember watching an episode where she wasn't on the episode or maybe it was like mm-hmm. her final episode or something. And then when the show ended, it said in memory of Cindy oh, Stowell. Okay. So um, that also being said, Alex Trebek, rest in peace. Yep. Um, that's also very recent. He started hosting the show, I think in 1984 mm-hmm. and you know, obviously you can just tell that he could have been like, I mean, I think he actually, um, participated in the show at sometimes like special episodes and things like that. He's a smart guy, you know? Um, but the best thing about Alex Trebek is that whenever you get like a question wrong and you have a really stupid answer, he like passive aggressively, that like, kind of like tells you you're stupid. <laughs> he'll, no. he'll, he'll say the, oh, the, uh, what is elephant? And he'd be like, Oh no. No, no, yeah, certainly. No, he just he, he had the right amount of couth to make you feel dumb, um, and that's what all these new guest hosts 
um, or just they don't have the same thing. They don't have the yeah. same flair. Now I understand it's gonna be tough, but these guest hosts. I mean, we had so far we had Ken Jennings. Ken which, Jennings, uh, which he was a um, 70, ma- seventy-four time winner. Yeah, massive winner on Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had the longest running streak, but I believe that Holhauser, I forgot his first name, who was recently on on the show, he was like a, a poker player. Uh, really smart. He had the highest amount of winnings. Anytime he had a daily double, double, he would bet all his winnings. He'd go all in. Oh, just to like try to eventually um, pass. Yeah. Well, not even Jennings. that. He's just he was smart and he just I don't know. Again, he's a poker player, so right. he's just like I guess he he's just take, taking risks. Yeah. I think he has the highest amount of winnings. Ken Jennings is the longest running uh, uh, winning streak. Yeah. Uh, um, I believe I looked this up. Ken Jennings uh, grossed around two point two million crazy. or something. I also believe that Jeopardy has given out the most uh, prize money out of any uh, game show. Probably. Um, but anyway, you had Gant Jennings. Then you had Katie Couric, who was a guest host. And now, do you know who the guest host is now? No. It's Dr. Oz. Really? Yes. Dr. Oz? Yes. To the elation and to the de-elation of a lot of people. So yeah, I don't know about that. I'm not a big fan either. You've been um, watching him. Well, most of the so for example, um, Ken Jennings he did a pretty good job. Katie Couric was um, how do you say it? Pretty boring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, Dr. Oz he's he's a little better he's, with, with his personality, you know, as a game show host. But um, a lot of people just disagree with the kind of person he is in general. Um, a lot sure. of people don't know. First name first name is Mehmet, by the way. Mehmet. Uh, yeah, he is a cardiothoracic surgeon. He's an actual doctor. But you probably know he's got that show, yeah. and pretty much the entire show is him just saying, like, hey, eat these beans or something, and it's going to cure cancer. Uh, don't agree with it whatsoever. Um, he has a lot of pseudoscience background onto him, and that's part of the reason why it was a, um, a uh, what's the word, I guess controversial pick for a sure. host. So um, even though he could be decent at the job, it's more of just people don't like him for his previous experience right right um yeah if you want to be the game show host of jeopardy and do a really good job that's fine but other than that i don't agree with a lot of things that he says um anyway that's like saying like hey dan like oh you have diabetes well if you just drink whole milk drink three cups of whole milk every single day you know it's gonna it's gonna go away is it no no um but anyway um, but moving on, one final thing I got with Jeopardy. It is eight times more likely to get into Harvard or Yale than it is to become a contestant on Jeopardy. I did read that. Did I, you? Yeah, I read that one as well. Good. So what what was it? There was also something else a part of that as to where it's like, uh, I think uh, 100,000 or 400,000 people, like hundreds of thousands of people oh, always yeah. submit applicants for tons. But only very few very will few. actually like get through the entire process. Oh yeah, very very few. Um, it's a difficult process, and a lot of the a lot of these game shows, especially the trivia ones, they have pre-tests that you have to take yeah. to make sure you're at least kind of smart. Because they're not gonna put like a big ding dong on there who just doesn't know the answer to anything. Sure. You know? um, but you know whatever. Anyway, moving on. Uh, have you ever heard of the show called Press My Luck? No, I haven't. Have you ever heard of the term uh, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies? No. Okay. So it is a show uh, where they had this big circular board, okay? Um, and this, it's going to be hard to explain, but let's say you're watching television 
In the middle of the TV is your face as the contestant. But around your face, this is as, as the viewer is watching, around your face are little spots, like little uh, squares okay. that have like $500, this, this many dollars, this many dollars. But there's also little squares that say whammies, which are, you know, that like bankruptcy or something like that. But you want to, what you'll do is if you get a question right or whatever, you get a chance to spin, to press your luck. And these squares, it doesn't spin, but it randomly goes around the board. And you're okay. like, whoa, you're looking at it, you're looking at it. And then when you say stop and you hit the button, it stops. And you're hoping you're not getting whammies, right? It moves really fast. Well, in 1984, a contestant named Michael Larson, uh, you, he had a stop motion VC. He used to watch the show all the time. He had a stop motion VCR, and he memorized the pattern that the game show uses. You know, with the squares yeah, bouncing yeah. around, he memorized the pattern and used that to be able to make a hundred and ten thousand dollars in one single winning one show. And they didn't revoke his money because that's no. what based around strategy. If at anything, that point. he was using a strategy to win. Uh -huh. um, he just knew that looking at the board, well, what, as soon as I see that ten th or that hundred dollar square light up and that eighty dollar square light up, I need to hit the button. Yeah, and it'll give me this much money or whatever. So he, yeah, he memorized it and took obviously I assume probably weeks and weeks and weeks of memorization, and then he still holds the largest one day total one on any game show again $110,237 so I do not believe that the recent is money again strategy and moving on to a little bit of a darker tone oh boy let's talk about the dating game ah in the 1970s there was a popular game show called the dating show okay uh I guess the dating game get dating show I think one woman now it's uh, called the bachelor right uh, if you don't know how it works, one woman or man um, will pick one of three contestants um, to go on a date with based on answers to questions. They're not allowed to see them. They're not. They're kind of. They're blocked by a wall. Okay. And the, you probably heard like maybe like people do little, you know, jokes about like oh, contestant number one. Tell yeah, me, yeah. tell me what your Friday, your perfect Friday night would be like. You know, stuff like that. That's what this show was. Um, they're not allowed to see them. Just ask uh, ask questions. Well, contestant number one, who was a male, there was three males and one woman. All the males were vying for the attention of the woman. Uh, contestant number one was a bit different on this show. Answers were strange and very bizarre for what was usual on the show. Um, yet, Cheryl Bradshaw, which was the woman okay. picking a uh, potential suitor, um, picked him, contestant one, for the date. Um... She later said, after talking to the guy, that she did not go on the date with him because he seemed really, really, quote, creepy. Did he end up being like a killer? It was a good thing she didn't go on this date with him because contestant number one happened to be Rodney Ackla, which is an American serial killer and rapist. Whoa. He carried out his murders and his heinous crimes between the years of 1977 and 1979. He appeared on the show in 1978. So when he was on the show, he had multiple he had murders, already murdered bad. and raped plenty of people. Oh, that is awful. So I think that's why we do background checks now. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's now serving life. Actually, no, I think he got sentenced to death um, and uh, in California, I hmm. believe. And yeah. And actually, you can watch the YouTube video of this particular episode with him on it. Um, or like the highlights and it is very strange and it's very creepy just looking at the guy knowing like this guy has murdered people and he 
probably would have murdered Show Bradshaw if he had gone on a date with her. So crazy. Um, anyway, going to the darker tone if you're moving into a lighter tone, but I'm done. So moving on to you, Dan. Wow. Okay. So uh, thank goodness that we certainly do the, have those background checks nowadays. Um, cause that is, uh, that's wild, Sam. I would Very never, wild. never imagine that. Happening. Very wild. So I got a couple things in regards to, uh, some shows that you did not actually describe. Some of them are just, uh, fun shows that I remember watching growing up. Okay. Uh, and we are going to start with deal or no deal. Classic show. Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. Do you want to why Howie Mandel is bald? Uh, well, you might actually say one of the facts that I have. Oh, okay. Here, we'll continue then. Well, we'll start with that fact. Um, why is Howie Mandel bald? He is a very stringent germaphobe. Huge germaphobe. Yeah. You know, he only gives fist bumps. Yes. Only gives fist bumps to people. Just hates germs. So. Which is like interesting. Like shaving. You know, what's the reason to shave your head if you're a germaphobe? Just because you know that your hair collects dirt. And I would stuff, imagine. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Okay. So anyways, uh, a couple other things on there. Uh, guess how many contestants have actually won a million dollars? We'll go with four. Close, mm. but lower. Three. Two. Oh, okay. Only two contestants have actually won a million dollars. But here's the thing. 17 other contestants also picked the top ri- top prize, which you know can range from a million to two million dollars, depending on the show. Like, uh-huh. One Thanksgiving episode, they had uh, they had two million dollars in uh, case number twenty six, mm-hmm. um, but only seven uh, seventeen other contestants also picked the top prize, but bailed out or got dealt from the banker before they could claim it. Uh, okay, so they they mm-hmm. they took they took the deal. They took the deal, which from the in banker. my in my eyes is not a bad move. If you're making $350,000, that's yeah, <laughs> take it's pretty it. good. It's yeah, pretty it's good. Pretty good. You know, it's all about greed at that point. Now the, que- the question is has anyone ever won 1 cent? I would imagine a lot of people have won just 1 cent. I did mm-hmm. not see that fact, but I I could I would imagine it's quite a bit. Well, the odds of winning just 1 cent would be the same, wouldn't it? Mm, yeah. Because if they took the case, a million dollars. Sure. Then if they took the case, their case, hoping that it was like either it was one cent or it was half a million dollars, then they're walking with one cent. Question is, how much are you taking out in taxes on that? On the one cent or they the just million take, dollars? They're like, can I get my penny? They'd be like, yeah, <laughs> sure, whatever. Yeah, probably. Like, do they actually give you a penny? A, a single, like a check for point oh one. That would be, I want to know that. I want to know if you, like, truly, if, obviously, a contestant, like, let's say I was on the game show. Let's say I was on Deal or No Deal. Yeah. And I won one cent. I'm going to want that one cent. Yeah. Because I want it. I want it in a big check form to put on my wall. Exactly. Never cash it. Kind of like my IRS check, my tax refund <laughs> on my fridge, which is for $27. Ah. I still haven't cashed. I made the, <laughs> made the joke the other day. <laughs> that the the IRS are like looking at their account. They're like, God, when is he gonna check, cash that check? I need to get that money out of my account. <laughs> are they? Is he, is Sam ever gonna cash? Why don't you cash that? I don't know. I think it's more funny to have. It's twenty seven dollars. So you could buy like I don't know some Taco Bell, some Wingstop with it. Man, Wingstop I'm just hungry right awesome. now. Yeah. Um, okay. Call back because I was talking about Wingstop like two episodes ago. Anyway, so uh, one lady. Uh, she, one of the ladies that bailed out during this, I was reading this, uh, she picked the $2 million case on Thanksgiving. It was 
case number 26, which was like November 26th of 2008, I believe, which was Thanksgiving Day. And she chose case number 26. Mm -hmm. And even though she took the deal, they found out like later that, yeah, the $2 million was actually in that case. Really? Yeah. So, I mean. The thing about deal or no deal, I've always thought is that, you know, it name another game show that has less okay all right the level of strategy for deal or no deal is zero right because it's just picking cases right there's no strategic value there's no nothing i can tell you be like hey this is how you're gonna win yeah no deal Mm -hmm. but what is there another game show off the top of your head that has the same level of no strategy it's like pure luck no strategy pure luck Mm. i can't think of any i think that every game every game show i can think of off the top of my head right now is has some form of like trivia to it yeah or you know some sort of like yeah strategy even price is right like knowing the price of certain items you it know can give you an advantage there was actually sure. one guy on the price is right that uh ended up winning a lot of money i don't know if he won the showcase but he won a lot of money because he watched he watched price price so much that he had he had like hundreds of items um just, to his head just yeah. memorized the mm-hmm. price of mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah, deal or no deal is just like yeah, pure luck, nothing to it. Of course, it's like it's got all these lights and it's like super crazy and stuff. And Howie Mandel has such a big personality and stuff, so people love the show. But yeah, I've played it. I've a lot of filler. I've actually played deal or no deal a couple of times. Just like if you go to like an arcade or a barcade. Oh yeah, I recently I played called. it. The, yeah, the, where you get the tickets. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, it is certainly very tough to do yeah. i mean i could not imagine there being any sort of strategy to it no it's fun yeah when you're playing you know for ticket for yourself playing for tickets and stuff but it only takes like two minutes to play versus watching an hour long episode did you uh did y'all know watch an hour long <laughs> episode of d do or no deal <laughs> i kept i want to say you don't know or dyk but um but yeah, anyway, I'm sorry. Continue on. So, anyways, that's all I had for deal or no deal. But now we're going on to um, Steve Harvey. Do you know what he hosts nowadays? Family Feud. Family Feud. Classic. I have a theory about Family Feud. Continue. I'll go after you. Okay. Uh, so I got two different fun facts about this. First one is, uh, what is, uh, what is the first question that was ever asked on Family Feud? Shot in the dark. What is the worst item to bring with you to a funeral? Oh, that would have been pretty good. I like that. Right. No. Uh, name a famous George. Name a famous George. Mm-hmm. Yeah, George Bush. Uh, the most popular response was not George Bush. Wait. George Clooney. No. Washington, our first uh, president. Classic. George Washington. So that was the first question ever asked on Family Feud. Um, and okay, so here we go. This is another fun fact. One of the most bizarre answers to a question came from rapper Snoop Dogg in the episode of Celebrity Family Feud. Mm-hmm. The question asked was fill in the blank, pie in the blank. Now, what would you say to that? What would be your first pie in the oven? Pie in the oven? Okay. Uh, there's a terminology out there that says pie in the sky. Pie in the sky. Okay. Pie in the sky. Yeah. Have you, have you yeah, heard I've it heard before? Yeah. Right. So most people would answer sky to that question, but not Snoop Dogg. 
Most people would say pie in the sky versus yeah, I mean, pie in I, the oven. Yeah, I immediately thought pie in the sky too. I don't know where that comes from, but that would be a good but fact. It's like your pie in the sky is like your goal, like your yeah, sort of unattainable goal. Yeah, it's a phrase. So like everyone yeah. has like heard before, pie in the sky. Yeah, we'll get um, But not Snoop Dogg. He gave the phrase its own spin by answering horse. <laughs> pie, pie in, in, in the, the horse. horse. <laughs> well... Did he get any points? <laughs> he no, did not he get do. any points. No. <laughs> Pie in the horse. Absolutely not. Pie in the horse. Good old Snoop Dogg. What was your what was the thing you were gonna say? Uh, well, real quick before going to that, there was one thing that I remember seeing online that this guy um he he the question was um what what okay, top answers, what would what comes after the word pork? You um, pine? Pork, is, is yeah, this a porcupine? Yeah, he guys said, said, you pine. <laughs> pork, you pine. <laughs> and I think Steve Harvey just like, lost his mind. Um, but uh, no, what I was going to say is that if I was ever on Family Feud, I feel like people, this is part of the strategy, I feel like I feel like people should take with them when they go on Family Feud. Again, I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I'm saying, you know, when you answer that initial question, you know, with the buzzers and yep, stuff, yep. 99% of the time, Whoever answered right, right is going to play it, right? Right. They're going to play. We're going to play. You know, we're going to play, right? Okay. Yep, yep. But my strategy, if I went to Family Feud, is depending on the question and depending on how many answer choices are, and I'm going to pass because the reason why you want to pass is because if you pass and they get like three right, first of all, it's just narrowing it down for you. And when they screw up and get the three X's, you only have to make one answer when they had to make four, five, six, seven answers. So I feel like people are not utilizing the pass option. The pass option as much as much as they should be. You know, I I think I was reading somewhere where the pass and play option used to not necessarily even be a thing. Oh. So, um, but no, you bring well, up I'm a glad, very well, valid point. They don't even use it, so it might as well not be. But okay, and then what I was gonna say, I was gonna say one real quick. I'm, I I want to before I forget. Um, this kind of makes me think about the Monty Hall problem. Have you heard of that? No. So the Monty Hall problem is based off a show. I'm pre- yeah, it's a show off called Let's Make a Deal. And it's actually on right now. And it's hosted by Wayne Brady. Okay. But it's an old show. Um, but what the host would do is say, hey, here's door number one, door number two, door number three. Okay. Your brand new whatever car, elephant, whatever, is behind one of these doors. Which door will you choose? I hope it's the elephant. Okay. Well, let's play it out. Ready? So, Dan, your you, elephant is behind one of these doors. What door do you choose? One, you two, or three? Uh, uh, three. Three. Okay. So, you've got three. We're about to see what's behind it. But let's take away one of the doors where it wasn't there. It wasn't behind door number one. Okay. So, now you have door number two and door number three. Like a 50-50 shot of getting do you my elephant. Swi- do you, would you like to switch and go to door two, or would you like to keep your, your original choice of door three? No, go three or go home. Go three or go home. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't win. How did you know? Because it was behind number two. Well, why was it behind number two? Why didn't you put behind number three? And this is the Monty, Pro, Monty Hall problem. You ready? Boom. Okay. Awesome segue. So the Monty Hall problem states that you should have swapped your answer, and this is why. When I give you three choices, what is your chances of actually choosing it right up top? 33%. 33%, right. Point three three repeat, of course. So uh, I said, you said three, and I said, it's not behind one. Would you like to change your answer? And you said no. 
if you had changed your answer, you now have two answer choices to choose from. Uh-huh. One is gone. You have two uh-huh. and three. Now what are your odds of choosing 50, 50. the correct door? It's actually 66%. So taking taking uh-huh. taking that one out, if you were to swap it over to the other one, instead of it being a thirty three percent chance, you now double it to a sixty six percent chance if you were to swap doors. Okay. So if you ever run into a problem where you have to pick something behind three doors, always swap after they knock one out. You know that's I, the Monty Hall problem. I actually run into this problem more often than you uh, don't think. <laughs> More often than you think. Oh, yeah? Really? Yeah, all the time. How so? I mean, I'm always just, uh, you know, walking in weird rooms, and there's three doors, and they always, <laughs> some guys always ask me to pick I what door. I keep walking into rooms with three <laughs> doors. I don't understand. Um, okay, riddle, real quick. Speaking of three-door riddle. Okay. Ready? Ready? Yeah. Actually, no, let's finish up, and we'll, we'll do maybe No, we'll do no, some. let's hear this. Okay, tangent let's do a riddle. Me. All right. Let's okay. go on a tangent. Ready? You got three doors, okay? Okay. You can only go through one of them. Okay. All right. One of them, you're like in prison. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Um, one of them, you have to pick one door to go through. Okay. On the other side of one door is a a firing squad that's gonna fire you down as soon as you walk through the door and you're gonna die. Great. Or whatever. Okay. This is squad bunch of guns. Boom. Excellent. I choose that door. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> door number two is a bunch of uh alligators that are gonna eat you. Chomp me up. You walk right into the water. Yeah. Boom. Chomp bucket. And on the other side of door three is like 30 lions I haven't eaten in years. 30, wait, so I'm going to die anyway? You have to pick one. Which one? Which one do I choose? Which one? Yeah. There's nothing else to this. You got firing squad, angry alligators, 30 lions I haven't eaten in years. 30 lions that, well, since my name is Daniel, I would choose the lions. Why is that? Uh, Because of the Bible. And I went to a lion's den one point. My name aka daniel and they didn't eat me so i would choose that door okay well you got it right but not because of the right reasons <laughs> uh you got it right because i said the lions hadn't eaten in years all the lines are dead ah okay. riddle all right okay, okay. Fun riddle. <laughs> sorry moving on let's get the next game show hey yo all right yeah so that's uh I believe what well, that was all family feud yep oh uh one more thing i saw about family feud is there's no age limit in order to be a contestant on Family Feud. But really? they do say that you should be at least 15 years of age or older because some of the questions are, you know, more pertaining to adults. They could be a little explicit. Could be a little explicit. They say they they use the word whoopee a lot. There was uh there was this one uh question asked where it's like what's the last thing you put your finger into and the contestant said his wife so that's the nice. kind of material that you'd be working with. Yeah, that's not appropriate for a 15-year-old. That's not appropriate for a 15-year-old. Maybe maybe 15-year-old Dan because I'm, you're inappropriate. Absolutely and not. You, I, you're brought up wrong, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> so anyways, that's uh, our family feud. Um, All right. And have you seen Family Feud recently? Steve Harvey yeah. makes, like, the funniest kind of, like, faces. He does. I mean, it, it can get old after a while if you see, like, a compilation of them. But it's, like, it's it's pretty humorous. Yeah. I like it. No, he does. Fear Factor. Oh, all right. Sam, Your favorite show. Did you ever watch Fear Factor? Yes, I watched up? Fear Factor a lot. Good old Joe Rogan makes oh. the most famous podcast besides ours. 
Yes. So, anyways, <laughs> Fear Factor. He was the host. He yeah. was the host. The host. Um, Fear Factor. Uh, we're we're gonna just start with the fact was apparently dangerous for viewers as well as the actual contestants. Really? Mm-hmm. At one point, dangerous for viewers. For viewers. Okay. Check it out. At what? At one point, the show faced a seven-figure lawsuit stemming from the fact that a disgusting challenge had made a viewer sick and disoriented, which led him to injuring himself. What did he do to injure himself? I didn't say, but uh, (laughs) the judge... He was so disgusted that he fell down his stairs. (laughs) The the judge ended up ruling of the First Amendment, and uh, he did not end up getting that seven figure payout. I'm glad because you do not have to watch this show. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure they put viewer discretion advised. Yep. You yep. know, so it's anyways. like putting a wet floor sign down. Like you're fine. Yep. Didn't pan out. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't like that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on. The, uh, the concept of fear factor was not developed in the United States. Oh, okay. In fact, it was the UK wasn't it? No, oh. uh, close. It was in Europe. France. Nope. Spain. Nope. Germany. Nope. Poland. Nope. Lithuania. Nope. Latvia. Scandinavian countries. Finland. Mm, nope. Norway. Nope. Sweden. Is the Netherlands in Scandinavian country? <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't think so, honestly, <laughs> but all right. In fact, the show's origins can be traced to the Netherlands to a show called Now or Neverland. Oh, what a cheesy name. Pretty good. Um, so beautiful, uh, which, beautiful place. And it featured similar stunt based concepts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Contestants were often tasked with consuming something vile on fear factor. That was the big thing they started doing like towards the later seasons, which was awesome. I loved it. It was, yeah, certainly gross, but also it's like, yeah, this is pretty, pretty cool. Right. Yeah. And it was always like that second, the the second act of like yeah, the, the three-part thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, believe it or not, some of these disgusting things included, you know, silkworms, pig livers, sheep eyes, or buffalo testicles. On the surface, these tasks seem genuinely dangerous for a contestant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I, so. I mean, like, you don't want to eat just a bunch of larvae right, or like gonna, maggots or give you something that makes you whatever. Sick, exactly. So, uh, fear not, though, pun intended. For all of the disgusting things that they had to consume, they were tested by the USDA USDA first. How do you test maggots? Well, you like, I don't know, like just whenever you and I were watching Fear Factor a couple hours ago, uh-huh. uh, they put it in a blender and then they just, you know, they drank it. So I'm sure they just put it in the blender and gave it to USDA and said, hey, is this cool? Yeah, but how do they test it? What do you mean? Like, I'm sure they like have some test in order to see like if it's edible or if this is okay. I don't know. Anyway, don't look into it. (laughs) They were all safe uh, for consumption. Uh, A couple that were an extensive health screening uh, screening contestants were subjected before the. um, Oh, so this is all depending on if the contestants. Uh, were screened for like any sort of health problems like right. before the show. So I mean, you had to be like. Do they ever pretty... have to eat raw meat? Mm, I don't know for sure. Hmm. I can't imagine. Right. Probably wouldn't be uh, USDA safe. But anyways, uh, all of these contestants, they certainly made sure that these contestants were physically fit and built and like in the right kind of human state. Yeah. 
before going on the show so then they could make sure that like they could eat just about anything yeah they don't want uh doug who's got type 2 diabetes and takes lisinopril for high blood pressure on the show or anything like that. absolutely not no right. doug would not be a contestant and doug that's why like you know whenever you and i were watching like all of them were pretty fit oh yeah pretty fit mm-hmm. um let's see so uh last one the episode entitled hee haw hee haw Never reached television sets, oh. and that's for a good reason. So the stunt in question that deemed too revolting by this show standards involved cons- contestants drinking donkey urine and donkey semen, the amount which uh, which depended on a horseshoe toss. Wow. So, like, you know, they tossed a horseshoe. But and like they still had the game, right? Like, Well, the game was, like, the horseshoe toss. Yeah, no, I meant, like, dude, like it's it's still a competition. Like, did, was there still a winner that won money? I don't know if like that episode ever aired. Yeah. But do think, they still like, I'm sure they like, I'm sure. Well, they, yeah, the contestants did it and I'm sure one came a winner, but it never aired because, uh, unsurprisingly this crossed the line with producers. Uh, but at least the USDA determined that the urine and semen were safe for consumption. Oh, good, good. Yeah. It's kind of funny thing. And like that, that one didn't get aired. Oh, so they, okay. They it didn't filmed get it. aired. They, they filmed, filmed it. it. They filmed and did all it. Their there was production a winner. Stuff. No one like okay. no one actually saw it though. Okay. Well, then they must have like still did the money and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they had they had to. Yeah, absolutely. What was like the winnings for? Like only like ten thousand dollars. No, I think it was a no, hundred grand. Hundred grand. I think. Mm. I don't, I don't really. I I thought it was. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Kept ten thousand dollars. I don't know. I don't think I would do that for ten thousand. Well, yeah. I don't actually. You know, it's kind of funny. I when Fear Factor came back, you know, they did. Um, yeah, it came back for a little bit. Yeah, they, they revamped it. It was on MV, MTV. It had um, Ludacris as the host. <laughs> Luda. And um, my brother and I were actually looking into becoming contestants. Mm. Um, but we couldn't find time to fly out to L.A. So, uh, so actually, a uh, fun fact that I learned about a lot of these different shows is, uh, I mean, this kind of goes without saying, but in order to be a contestant on there and, like, you got to fly out to wherever you do, mm. uh, wherever you go, uh, they're n- none of these shows are gonna give you like the money or the stipend needed in oh, order no to go way. out and like do no. the show itself. You gotta pay like, for you gotta, all that yourself. You gotta pay for all that yourself for sure. So if you're going to do or no deal and you walk away with a penny, you just spent like six hundred dollars. Hey, but it was an experience. Great experience, I guess. Great experience mm-hmm. for a penny. Um, I was uh, I don't know if we talked this before, but do you remember the old? So we were talking about. I don't know if we we're talking about some podcast, but we we're talking about this. Um the other day but um the old mtv dating shows yeah mm-hmm. parental control and next and room raiders and yep yeah and whatever i actually while doing my research saw something about parental control and how like super fake it was a lot of a lot of these shows obviously are really fake but um like looking at it it was it wasn't a dating show i mean it was almost completely scripted mm. uh, at, at, at that point um, and you know i watched it I watched that of religiously. Course. I mean, that's why you are who you are these days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, I explained that uh, shows like Bar Rescue. Yeah, um, I know Bar Rescue. Yeah, like very, um, very, very fake. scripted. Very scripted. Oh, very bummer. Fake. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, fun fact. So our fire station was just, this is just kind of like an amendment to the, to how like TV production works, you know, mm-hmm. um, or movies or even whatever. But our fire station was renovated by um, 
the Dallas Cowboys and the Ford Motor Company. Okay. And not by them. It was an individual contractor. But sure. that was, they did like a spot. They were like, yeah, they, we were renovating. They sponsored it and everything. You know, like Dal- they, yeah. yeah. Dallas Fire Station number, you know. And um, so the Dallas Cow- a bunch of Dallas Cowboys came out and, you know, Ford gave a brand new you know, F one fifty to the department, and they redid our kitchen, and they did redid our living room, gave us new couches and lamps and coffee makers and whatever. Anyway, um, so <laughs> during the during the production, like during the, they were showing like the you know the football players like maybe hammering a nail in or something, but that was it. They're not allowed to do anything because they are contracted. Sports athletes, right? So they're not. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. can't be doing anything like that. Matter of fact, most athletes aren't even ever allowed to play like. Let's say, for example, like LeBron James or something like that. He's not allowed to play pickup basketball. Like, if he gets caught playing pickup basketball, he can void his contract hmm. because they don't. They he's so valuable. They don't want to get hurt. Right. So they, you know, they got to be like really careful with that stuff. So they're like filming them doing this, doing that. It's just like little menial tasks, but they're not doing anything. They actually had construction workers doing this, but. There was this, uh, my buddy at the station was telling me that during the production, there was a, they were filming somebody taking a toolbox okay. off of the tailgate of a truck. And they filmed the same, it was like a three second scene to someone grabbing a toolbox and walking away. They did it 17 times. 17 no, times? It was like 27 times, I think. They filmed the same <laughs> thing 27 times. And it's just, it was like a three second clip. I mean, that just shows like that's how it is when you're making a show. Like it's just, oh, yeah. You stand here, you stand Very here, meticulous. you do this. All right, let's yeah. do it again. Hey, look, look, kind of like turn a little bit more this way. Okay. You know, it's just, yeah. Actually, another thing, speaking of that, I heard that they, uh, Wheel of Fortune, uh huh, which we did not mention, um, Wheel of Fortune does a week's worth of shows in one shoot really yeah so they do like they'll have all the contestants for all the shows and in between shows pat sajak and vanna white will go and change into different clothes and they'll do a different episode ah did you know that vanna white claps 740 times on average every episode i totally read that on the same website that i provide you there you go yeah uh-huh. i uh did you also know that uh vanna white was in playboy no yeah no i did not yeah so you want wow Yep, you can, look, you can find them online. Not saying you should, <laughs> but you know that's up to you. Um, I don't control your life. Uh, but uh, Vanna White, um, she is, she's like, she's like her late seventies. I'm pretty sure. No like, way. No, yeah. Look it up. Look it up real quick. Vanna White. Yeah, look up how old Vanna White is. Okay, here we go. Hold on. How old is Vanna White? Vanna White is 64 years old. Okay, well, I thought she was like, but she, okay, I mean, she's looking great for Rachel, say that. But 64, I mean, that's pretty, I mean, yeah, still. Dang. Pat Sajak is 74 years old. Okay. Bob Barker, 97 years old. Bob Barker's um, still alive, huh? I guess so. That's um, awesome. Betty White, 99 years old. Wow. Wasn't it uh, Betty White? Um, uh, what's uh, Martin Luther King? Jr. and also Anne Frank were all born in like the same year or something. Martin Luther King Jr. and Anne Frank were born the same year. Yeah. I think Betty White is part of that. Really? Yeah. Uh, I got to look it up. Look it up. Down real quick. Um, When was Betty White born? 
January 17, 1922. She was actually born before Martin Luther King. That's crazy, man. Um, and Anne Frank. Okay, yeah, Anne Frank and Martin Luther King, they were born in the same year, but she was born in 1922. She was born before them. Jeez. Um, that's really, yeah, the whole, the Anne Frank and the, um, and the Martin Luther King one really blows my mind. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's like huge we always, parts of history. Yeah, we always kind of like, kind of screw up like how things are laid out our timeline. So, for example, mm-hmm. like the year that the first Star Wars came out, which was in the eighties, yeah, was the final year that France used the guillotine to execute people on death roll. Yeah. Wow, that's so they were, crazy. They were they chopping were exe- off heads they were in cho- like the eighties. They 80s. were chopping heads. They were making heads roll in 1985 <laughs> or whatever. Um, that's a really crazy thing. Wow. But but anyway, so Ooh-wee. what else you got? Anything? Okay. Uh, top 10 game shows of all time. Oh, okay. That sounds fun. Uh, you want to you wanna take some guesses? I mean, we've already talked about a couple of them, so they're here. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to start listing them off. You tell me just what numbers. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's go with Jeopardy. Oh, come on. That's what? number one. Uh, I mean, I knew it was going to be number one. Yeah. So Jeopardy's number one. Okay. okay. Wheel of Fortune's number two. Wheel of Fortune's number two. Okay. Uh, number three is Family Feud. No. Um. Are they? Is it a current? Is it current? It's one that we talked about today. Deal? No deal. No. Price is right. Oh gosh. Number three. Okay. Number four is Family Feud. Uh no. <sighs> Match game. Match game. Match game. I don't even know what that is. Uh, yeah, it was a. I think it was a dating game. Oh, okay. Something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. What about Hollywood Squares? Is uh, that on that list? No, but your pyramid game is on here. Pyramid. Okay. Cla- one, classic game. The hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Uh-huh. Uh, coming in at number five. Okay. Uh, number six is what's my line? Did you ever hear about that one? No. Uh, it was like a bunch of like a cele- like a celebrity panel. Oh and stuff. yes, I do know that mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I knew you're talking about. Uh, number seven is an old one as well. It's called To Tell the Truth. Uh, I think I don't I've know heard much about one. it. I've heard, heard a bit. Uh, eight password. Password, yeah, mm-hmm. no password. Uh, nine, you already tried to say it. Um, D or no deal. Nope. Uh, wait, Hollywood Squares. No, nope. wait. Steve Harvey. Oh, Family Feud. Family yeah. Feud. And number ten, we've already talked about it on this podcast as well. Okay, just talk. Just tell me. Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? millionaire? Um, did you ever watch the show uh, Chain Reaction? No, it was really cool. It was like one of my favorite show on GN, the GSN. You know, shout out GSN, uh, GSN boys. Sponsor us. Um, that was like one of my favorite shows. And what it would be like? It was a con- it was three contestants versus three contestants. It was usually male versus female, and they had a um, they had a word, and the word would be like. <sighs> this is a really bad example, but um, oh, okay, okay, okay. The word would be London, okay, and yeah. then it would have like six blanks. And then uh-huh. the bottom word would be like monkey or something like that. You try to like and you had them? to connect them. So like London, and you'd say like London, and it'd give you like one letter. It was like London Bridge. Okay. Bridge toll. Uh toll booth. You know. And they somehow had to get the and monkey. And they had to get the monkey. Right. And I I thought the show was so fun. Um it's not on anymore though. It was a little older show. Um then that was kinda of around the same time, Cat Twenty One, which is like a blackjack game, Carl uh, Carlton from uh uh, Fresh Prince. Yeah, yeah. He was the host for that. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, love game shows. Game shows are a lot of fun, man. They're and, great. Um, so there's 
there's this one that you and I certainly need to try eventually, but apparently it's a new TikTok trend going on, going around there where you and I both say a word, right? We both say a word. doesn't matter what it is, but then once we both say that word, then we have to find something that connects between those I've been those playing words. this game for like six years. Really? Yes. So you know what you know the game then? Yeah. Say okay. this, it's called Say the Same Thing. Say the Same Thing. Yeah. You want to try it real I, quick? Really, I literally played like two weeks ago at the station. Actually, I not only did I play it two weeks ago at the station, I also played it like three years ago at the station. I am way cooler than anything that comes on the internet. Don't ever forget that. Okay, you <laughs> big head. Do you want to try it real quick? Um, right before we sign off, we got like five minutes. All right. Well, okay, we'll try it. Okay. You ready? Ready? Three, two, one. Guitar. Netflix. Okay, we can do this. Okay. Mm, Three, two, one. Queen. Concert. Oh. Oh, Pretty good. Uh, Okay, hold on a second. Hold on. Let's think a little bit. Okay. All right. Let's just. We can do this. We know this. Right here. Right right here. Three, two, one. Freddie Mercury. Mercury. Yeah, baby. Not to the park. Not to the park. (laughs) That is, that is that is a fun game. We we we'll sit around the campfire. We'll play that game, um, and then uh, I think like I've got. It doesn't really count if you say the same word like the same first word. But I've numerous times I've gotten like one like one just like, we, yeah the yeah. next the very next the very one, next one yeah. Um, but one time I remember I think the actual word was guitar. I was playing with my buddy and we both said guitar at the same time. Like what are the odds, right? Um, that's a fun game that we've played that a long time. Yeah, for sure. Hey, viewers, listeners, anyone that's uh, enjoying this podcast, let us know what kind of fun games that you like to play whenever you are uh, hosting your own podcast yeah. or whenever you're just with your friends, unless like, you're very uh, lonely. Like Magic the Gathering. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Playing yeah. some Catan. That's what we need to talk about maybe next time, like some board games or whatever. Oh, yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. Um, longest running board games, highest grossing board games. I'm Probably right, Monopoly. I'm right down. Imagine. Monopoly, I believe, is like the oldest syndicated board game. Yeah. Pretty sure. And I, and it's also my favorite board game. Really? You yes. like that board game? I, I love... I don't like Monopoly. Monopoly. I love Monopoly. It is It is so much fun. I love games um, that you have to deliberate and make deals and trade and stuff. That's why I like Catan because Catan's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'll trade you two sheep for a wood or whatever, but um, Monopoly's the same thing. And if you are couth enough in that game, you can do really well. Now that everyone says Monopoly takes too long, that's not true. Okay. Monopoly, common misconception, you do not have to go around the whole board before you start buying stuff. Um, I never imagined that now. Yeah. No. Um, and usually the way I play Monopoly, like it can be a long time if there's like two people just going back and forth. Yeah. But usually how I do it is that after like over half of the people playing are out, you just tally up the money sort of thing. Mm, you know, Makes sense. Um, that way you can play again. But uh, it is, uh, I love that game. I love making deals. That's so, and then yes, you do snowball a lot, but you know what? That's capitalism. All right. That's the one game that I've actually flipped an entire table over. Really? Uh, yeah. I don't uh, I don't think they hated me for doing it. They saw that it was coming because I think everyone was just going after me at that point. Uh-huh. And I was just like, okay, you know what? <laughs> flipped it. it. It really is the world's greatest debt, debt simulator. Yeah, for sure. Well, anyways, that's all the time that we do have for the podcast today. Uh, make sure to follow us on... Uh, our Instagram at DYK underscore podcast. Visit us on our website that hasn't been updated in forever because I suck at being a producer at mm-hmm. didyallknow.com. Don't agree with that. <laughs> and 
you can always email us at learn something at did y'all know.com. Uh, other than that, Sam, would you like to just sign us off? Uh, yeah, I'll sign us off. All right. Bye. See ya.